Speaking of impact, I have a good feeling that Jonathan Smith eventually will make a huge impact in East Lansing as a Spartans head football coach. I think it's a great hire, but because of the fallout from Mel Tucker and transfer portal and flipping rosters and coaches, I don't think he's going to go the massive transfer portal way that Mel Tucker did, uh, but it will take some time and patience by the Spartan Nation to rebuild it. But to me, he was the best coach on the market. I know Elko ended up at Texas A&M. Job well done by Alan Howler. Haven't said a lot of good things about administration at Michigan State uh, in a while, but I'll go with Haller, A-plus on this hire. Graham Couch, Couch in the Room podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Opinion maker for the Lansing State Journal. He is standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. And Graham, I think it's a job well done getting Jonathan Smith into East Lansing. Yeah, executed without a lot of drama um, and, and quickly, swiftly, you, you go get your guy. It's done by halftime of the, the you know, the noon games on, on the final Saturday of the season. I mean, helped out by both the teams uh, playing on Friday night, both Oregon State and MSU. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a weird search in the sense that you know they had 10, 11 weeks to do it, and a lot of that is evaluation. And it was interesting because I think one thing that uh, Alan Haller learned from being a part of previous searches is just how messy they can get when there are too many leaks, when too much stuff gets out, and it puts coaches in weird spots to then deny their interest and you can lose guys. And uh, So it was really a, a search uh, for a long time that was just him. And uh, just Haller and, and then, you know, a couple other people here and there, but it, it kept it very close to the vest, and that's why it really broke the way it did. Uh, how will he rebuild uh, this program in East Lansing? Uh, if you look at Jonathan Smith, and he came to you, Graham, and said, hey, your ideas on what is not just the quickest path, but what is the strongest road to take to try and make Michigan State an upper-tier team again in the expanding Big Ten. What would you say to him? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to build something solid before you can have something great. And I think he understands that coming from Oregon State. I mean, he understands certain dynamics. He may not understand Michigan, Michigan State, but uh, he understands what it's like to have a rival that sometimes looks down on you. That's what Oregon, Oregon State is, right? There's some similar dynamics in that sense. He understands what it's like not to have every resource in the world um, relative to some of the people you're trying to compete with. But the, the, the big thing I would say is, especially with the expanded playoff, get yourself to a solid base. Build it how you know how to build it. Because I, I think once you are winning seven or eight games a year, and if you can do that consistently, you'll be able to recruit at a different level. You'll be able to have the years where you're at 10, 11 wins here and there and, and in the playoff. And that success sort of feeds itself. And I, I think that's something D'Antonio you know, had going for a minute. And really that 2016 class that wound up being a disaster but was so highly rated, I mean, that was their attempt then to take it to the next level. And and, and uh, I think if that goes differently, you know, the, the D'Antonio era might have ended differently. I just, I, I said this the minute I heard the news Saturday when I was down in Ann Arbor, that to me, again, D'Antonio came from Cincinnati and there was the hope they were going to get Kelly, you know, it was a split faction. And I know D'Antonio turned out to be one of the better coaches Michigan State has had. But from day one, uh, one of the strongest hires ever for Michigan State. Now the question is, what type of roster will Coach Smith have to deal with now as we're getting almost hourly updates on the Michigan State season over and 
guys are leaving and they're expecting more to leave for the portal because they weren't recruited by these coaches and they want to get out right now. There are a couple things to note with the portal decisions. One, unless you're a graduate transfer, none of these kids can actually get in the portal until December 4th. So some of these kids have already said they're open to coming back, but they want to explore their options. So they are going to have to re-recruit the roster. And I think some of these guys, you know, the the, the core of that young defense, especially uh, maybe Sam Levitt at quarterback, uh, th- those are guys that, you know, you, you know, some of the younger receivers, although they have not been impressive to this point, but that you're going to want to re-recruit them because how painful this is will depend partly on how many of the, the best, at, you know, pieces of the previous roster you can keep. And there will be some guys, I think, that probably come over from Morgan State. There's going to be, um, you know, some other guys gotten in the portal. But, you know, the, this is not a staff change that was happening because the previous staff had zero recruits in the fold. In fact, the 2022 and 23 classes, just based on rankings and numbers of four stars, are up there with the best classes Michigan State's ever had. Now, were they developing quickly enough? They're not yet in their performance years. Who knows? But you want as many of those kids to stick around, and that will determine, I think, you know, how quickly you can be competitive. Who's going to be the quarterback? Uh, this could be a you know a game show. Uh, who will be the Michigan State quarterback uh, come the season opener against Florida Atlantic? Who is it? That's a great question. I mean, it has Oregon to be a State transfer portal guy, right? I would think. Well, right? or it could be, or it could, or it could be Sam Levitt. One of the two. Uh, if it's Sam Levitt, that that would be the ideal situation in some ways. I mean, he was a true freshman, looked really promising. We'll see if he sticks around. Um, the kid from Oregon State was a young player. There's some thought that he will follow to Michigan State. I don't know that yet. He's a quarterback guy, you know, by pedigree, uh, Jonathan Smith is. So that, that helps in this scenario. He probably knows what he wants. Uh, he can sell that to, to kids. Uh, but you're right, they do need to get a quarterback. And more than that, then they need to get some playmakers. I mean, other than Malik Carr against Indiana, they really didn't have playmakers on this offense. And that was a big problem for them this year. They just don't have enough juice. And so they've got to they've bring in a couple guys that give defenses problems. Uh, because, you know, as, as much as when Sam Levitt showed flashes when he was in there, and you might be able to get a, a really good, exciting quarterback, no quarterback was going to have great success with the playmakers that were around him with this and the offensive line that was there with this particular group. Patience is not a virtue of any social network. Uh, the Spartan fan base, whether it's a message boards or whether it's Spartan Twitter, how patient will they be with Jonathan Smith? Well, they'll have to be patient. I mean, he's he's going to have a, a decent amount of a decent length contract. I don't, you know, unless he makes some serious mistake like Mel Tucker did, uh, he's going to have some time. And he also, this is, you know, this is a Alan Haller hire. In other words, the AD who's in place made the hire. Now, Haller could get swept out at some point, but, you, you know, when the current administration makes the hire, that person often is going to have the backing. And, and I, I think people want this to succeed. Uh, I, I think they'll, they'll give him time. Uh, they'll give him a year or two. It, it, they understand that next year may not be great. What I think they want to see, though, and I think this is really important, they want to see competence. And I think one of the strengths of Mel Tucker's 2021 year that's overlooked a little bit and that fell apart afterwards, was it wasn't just Kenneth Walker and that they had two NFL receivers and all that was great, but it looked like a really competent football program. When they went down to Miami, the way they played, the way they hung in there with Michigan, what they did, there were, there were lots of games where it looked like coaching competence, program competence, 
And then they didn't just lose the next two seasons. They seemed to lose competence. And I think that stuff can show itself on the field. You don't need to be a great team. But if it looks like you've got a competent staff and a program that is sort of moving together, uh, people will be more patient. You know what it is, and, it, and, and that difference between not just Kenneth Walker, but the 11-2 and two season, that when you live by the transfer portal, you can die by it, Graham. Well, yeah, but they also had two NFL receivers who were D'Antonio recruits on that team. Oh, yeah, Reed, you know, right, yeah. And, and, and Naylor, who were both, both, still, you know, both playing and doing fine. So, I, you know, I think there was more, you know, there were some guys from the D'Antonio era who were, Really good players, it, it, and that happens a lot. Like Brett Bielema, we just went through this at Illinois. I, Illinois was really good in year two, and now they had a struggle in year three. And Bielema is still a good coach. He just had a lot of NFL guys. The previous regime actually recruited pretty well at the end, and, and sometimes that happens. So, uh, and that could happen for Jonathan Smith here, where it turns out that these guys in the 2022 and 2023 class, most of them choose to stay, and that winds up being the foundation of the next couple of years, and, and, and they're okay. And Michigan also got it right. You know, at the time when he got his $95 million deal, it looked like Harbaugh that could have been his final year. What was the future of Michigan? And Harbaugh's had this incredible turnaround now. And you got Ohio State, and you look at Penn State, and Michigan State wishes they were out west. I mean, they should have beat Iowa at Iowa. They, you know, literally, again, not that they would have been a bold team, but they could have been in contention. Then they lay the egg Friday night, and they play like, they don't even care. I don't know if they heard the coach had been hired before everyone else. Uh, they did not show up. I thought that was one of the most pathetic performances I've ever seen from a Michigan State team. It was. It was not good. It was. They were completely outclassed in ways that they weren't even. It was the first time. You know, they got beaten soundly by Ohio State, by Michigan, by Washington. But this was the first time I thought, boy, if you could have like a running clock, like in high school or pee wee football, <laughs> yeah. or just stop the game, you, you do it. Because this is this is really ugly. I, I do think one of the things with Jonathan Smith that that was attractive is is you, you talk about that Michigan dynamic, and there is no doubt that that feeds into the psyche and soul of the MSU fan. Right when Michigan has it rolling like this, it is it is painful. And um, like Kirk Ferentz this Saturday could be a legend. Uh, they might build Kirk Ferentz a statue on Michigan State's campus if somehow Iowa pulled off one of the great upsets of all time, which they're not going to do. But but if, one of the good things D'Antonio did early is he spoke to the soul of the MSU fan. He understood how they felt. And so before he really flipped the script on that rivalry for a while, he, he, he spoke to them in certain ways. And I think Jonathan Smith, a guy who played at Oregon State, you know, comes back to his alma mater in a place that is, is, has fewer resources than, than MSU by quite a ways, but deals with that dynamic with Oregon. He will understand it. He may not understand Michigan, Michigan State, but he will understand exactly what that is to MSU people, and that's really important. You know, Graham, I have to tell you something. Uh, in all those photos of him jumping on, you know, the Michigan State private jet, on coming back home, on speaking to the crowd, I had the double take when I said, why in the hell did Alan Haller hire Jim Comperoni as a new football uh, huge, coach? Huge mistake, wasn't it? I'm I was. I looked. I double went on the plane. I'm like, how come get on the plane with the new coach? Because I had seen the new the facing. Because you see him in a hat. You see him on the sidelines. Coaches look different than they're you know when they're out of their coaching clothes. And I'm like, and Comp's sharing it from Michigan State football. And I'm like, how did Comp get on the plane with the new coach? That is the coach. It's not Comp. 
<laughs> I want to see at the press conference tomorrow. I'm looking forward to seeing Comp and Jonathan Smith in the same room just to make sure. Yes, I'm being honest. I did. I yeah. there was a couple different photos where because I follow you know Comp and he comes on the show and talks Michigan State and I'm like. He looks exactly like Jonathan Smith, the new head coach. Look at Jim Comperoni, folks, on Twitter. Look at his photo on his uh, Twitter page or at SpartanMeg.com, and then look at Jonathan Smith. It's crazy. Graham Couch, Couch in the Room podcast. Listen to it. It's well worth the listen wherever you download podcasts. Opinion maker, Lansing State Journal. This is a hire to me that stabilizes a very fragile not athletic department, because Izzo has it strong on his side, and their team will be fine. They just need to find consistent shooting. But, you know, leadership finally making the right move. And Alan Haller, the way it leaked that he wanted to, you know, discipline Mel Tucker earlier and someone above him said no. Uh, that got out there, then the new coach is hired. So whatever Haller did on positioning, uh, it was a good week for him. It was. You know, one of the things, and I, I got off the phone with him a little bit ago for a column I'm ready, uh, heading into the press conference tomorrow, but just, you know, he, when he was out there interviewing um, with uh, with Jonathan Smith and his wife, he could, he was, he could picture Tom and Lupe Izzo. Like, that was part of what he saw, like, the, the, the place needing that sort of next cultural icon may be too strong a word, but, but a staple of who Michigan State is for a long time, and I think that's his hope. I agree. And, you know, I wish Jim Comperoni all the best and good luck. Uh, Jim Comperoni has replaced Mel Tucker. Tough job. I mean, Tom, that, I don't, is that a pay upgrade? By the way, speaking of pay, is there any, I know eventually it will come out, but did Haller or anything uh, get published yeah. on what the deal is? What, what I know, yeah, and, and I, I do sort of know, I, um, I don't have the contract in hand, but I believe it's going to be a Similar, fewer years, but similar to what Mel Tucker was making before the donor help, if that makes any sense. So, just coming from the university, so in that seven million dollar range. Yeah, seven million probably a seven year deal, seven million, something like that, right? Yeah, 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 yep, right in that around, range. Yeah, about fifty million. That's that's it's market value, and I, yeah, I don't again. It'll, it'll, It'll put them in the middle of the Big Ten once the four schools from out west are in. And that's fair pay. That's fair pay. And then we don't know how much Mel, if he'll ever get anything, or that might give them room to settle if they want to, or how that ever works out behind closed doors, or if it gets uh, to a courtroom. I know, though, with this move moving forward, it wouldn't surprise me if they would offer Tucker something just to have this never have to hit the headlines again. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it'll be interesting because they're going to have a new president in place probably pretty quickly. And I think that person will have some say in that. I'll be curious to see where they're headed. Yeah, they, they would be seriously. I, I, if it's if you got him at uh, seven years at $7 million, whatever it is, close to a ballpark, and you already had it earmarked for $77 million, $75 million, whatever you owed him, I don't have the exact dollar number. But gosh, just give him $15, million, have it never go to headlines again, and then you, you start a new era with Jonathan Smith. That would be my call. Yeah, I'll be very curious to see whether they do that because I also think there's a chance. What you don't want to do is is this goes to a lengthy legal battle and, and Mel gets a lot more than that. So or that, or you know, and just the headlines. They don't need the headlines anymore. Yeah, yep. you know the twenty million might be a lot. Someone say, "Oh, it'll pay him a dime." though. while you have Jonathan Smith trying to reload, rebuild 
however you want to phrase it, you don't need more headlines with Mel Tucker in the past. You don't. No, that's that's very true. Very true. Graham Couch, Couch of the Root podcast all over this. Jonathan Smith press conference is tomorrow. We'll talk about that on the show after 3 o'clock on the Michigan Sports Network. Graham, appreciate the update. Anytime. Talk to you, Bill. All right, Graham Couch.